today in the TalentCast, instead of talking exclusively or seemingly exclusively about candidates and prospects and I don't know, recruiters and hiring managers, we're going to talk about employer brand for the one audience that seems to get forgotten in the conversation about employer brand, employees. We'll be right back. Welcome to the TalentCast, the podcast dedicated to helping you get smarter at recruiting and hiring. We're going to get into the nitty-gritty of employer brand and modern recruiting so that you, yes you, can hire better talent. Isn't that what we're all trying to do? I'm your host, James Ellis, and you can find me on Twitter at the War for Talent. That's at the War for Talent. Or on the TalentCast website. Got a question? Got a topic? Got an idea? Tweet me. I'd love to hear from you. Ready to roll up your sleeves and think big? Great. Let's get to it. Hey, how you doing, James Ellis? It is a brisk, brisk fall morning here. Uh, it, <laughs> it is early. Uh, the Chicago, who I think a couple years ago stuck it in their craw, they really mad at that Saturday Night Live impression where everyone was 400 pounds and eating brats and steaks and having heart attacks and stuff. So they take this, they take the marathon really seriously here. And my apartment is quite literally a block away from two parts of it. It's like doing a loop around my apartment and I can hear people cheering outside. It is not even eight o'clock in the morning. I am still on my first cup of coffee. This is the chillest I've been in quite some time. So this is gonna be a weird uh, podcast. Let's talk about employees. I think, right, um, if I said talk about all the stakeholders when it comes to employer brand, you'd go, well, obviously your candidates and obviously your recruiters and your recruiting leadership and your recruitment marketers and I guess to some extent your hiring managers and I guess if you squint real hard leadership if they're that kind of company, if they are smart and they know what they're talking about and they know what to care about and they're caring about the right things as it were. But that list is incomplete and that we're forgetting someone very, very, very important. It's the employees, right? When we talk about employer brand, we talk about it's that sense of this is what it's like to work here as if the second they say yes, employer brand doesn't matter. Employer brand doesn't have an impact or doesn't it, it doesn't press upon them or have any influence on them whatsoever, and that's completely wrong, right? When we talk about, you know, we talk about that bird's nest model of employer brand, we talk about all the different impressions a, excuse me, a candidate might get about the company, and it's things like customer service, Right? If you, if I, you know, and I love to complain about cable companies, um, you know, if, if, if you said, James, would you like to work for a cable company? I'm saying, my initial impact, initial impression would be to remember all the horrible customer service roles I've had to both play as a, as, as a youngin and had to interact with on my cable company. And I would think, ah, I would be hard pressed. I'm not saying no. I wouldn't say no to it off the top of my head. I'm smart enough to know that the job they would be hiring me for is not for customer service, but the brand. The brand is impacted by the customer service. The brand is impacted by the news. The brand is impacted by the quality of product or service being delivered. If every time I touch your product, I love your product, I have a more powerful, positive impression about your employer brand. If every time I touch your product, it's, it, it burns me, um, <laughs> figuratively or literally, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be in love with that brand. I'm not going to be thrilled, right? Um, think about Think about all the different places you could be, you know, touching candidates and letting them know that you're a great place to be. How many of them are, if not directly impacted by employees, are employees, you know, themselves. That customer service person, because they're being put in this box and read a script and they really had no power or agency to make any changes or make my life better. They were just there to capture the venting of my anger and then to put me to the next space and make sure I didn't cancel my account, which, God, it's a rough job and I'm so glad I don't have to do that anymore. Um, that, 
that's not their brand, but that's the thing. That's the feeling, right? Um, a therapist, yes, that's right. I went to therapy. Ha! Who's surprised? A therapy one a therapist once told me feelings aren't facts, and she's one hundred percent right. Feelings are not facts. However, feelings are still feelings. I know this company may be doing good things, but if I hate having to pick up the phone and talking to them on the eight hundred number. That's a feeling, and that feeling can very often overwhelm the fact that maybe this is a good company, maybe this is a great company, maybe this is my dream job, but the feeling is the thing I'm going to have to get over. So if your employer brand is impacted by your employees, to say employer brand is very outward-facing or only outward-facing or we only need to work about recruiters and hiring managers is missing the point. People have to know, yes, the truth is no one's going to, no customer service person is going to say, ah, oh, you know what? It's going to have a really bad customer service experience. But I thought, how will this impact my employer brand? And I turned it all around. I decided to really make that person fall in love with us because one day they might decide to work for us. No, that's never going to happen, right? Especially on a customer service level. Customer service, if they do their job, development, if they do their job, accounting, all these jobs, if they do their job and they do it right and they do it for the right reasons and it's all aligned to the core values and the core brand, you don't need to remind them about the employer brand because they will be supporting the employer brand whether they know it or not. Now, there's some times when there's value in reminding them that they are, but really, they're not doing it for the employer brand. They're doing it for themselves. They're doing it for their job. They're doing it for their team. They're doing it for their company. And in the long list of things they're doing it for, employer brand is right there um, towards the bottom, right? It's, pretty, it's, it's, it's not an impactful matter. But flip it around. Think about... Employer brand is not a thing you project at a candidate. What if an employer brand is like a self-image, right? Your self-image of how you see yourself. Do you see yourself as the kind of person who would run into a burning building to save a, a puppy? Are you the kind of person who would uh, pull over to pick up a hitchhiker? Are you the kind of person who would demonstrate or protest something you thought that was wrong? Are you the kind of person who doesn't do any of those things? Are you the kind of person who protests um, I don't know. We, this this could go on a real, real weird tangent. And again, not enough coffee for my brain cells to be firing completely. But who are you? How do you see yourself? Are you the kind of person who gets up in the morning at five thirty every morning and does a lot of exercise and goes to the gym and gets takes a shower and then gets right to work and is eating stressed for breakfast? And are you the kind of person who says, "I got to put my day together." I gotta calm down, I gotta get there, I gotta get there focused, I don't wanna touch my email for the first hour, I wanna focus on getting my three things done and then I can look around me and see what's going on. Who am I as a person? How do I see myself as a person? That's my self-image, right? Especially in that case as an employee, as, as a worker. But you know, if I see myself as the kind of person who would run into the burning building to save the puppy, that's how I see myself. I see myself as potentially heroic. If I see myself as saying, no, no, I gotta protect myself because I have a kid and if I hurt myself saving a puppy, I might make the life for my child harder and then I might see myself as cautious. I might see myself as as, as uh, reasonable or even uh, um, realistic, right? The, the, my child is more important than this puppy I don't know, right? That's that's the kind of mental math we do. That's that's philosophy. If you were, you know, and, I, and by the way, if you haven't seen The Good Place, go watch The Good Place. It is the only show attempting to give moral philosophy lessons to the world and God bless it for that. Um, you know, it's the trolley problem. If you are on a trolley and the track's headed for five people and you're going to kill those five people and you have the chance to, to flip the tracks and move it to the other, tra uh, other uh, track and you'll only kill one person, do you make the move to move the – who are you? How do you see yourself as a person? That's your self-image, right? Now, I want you to take a time capsule, box, spacecraft. I don't know. I don't know how time 
machines work. I haven't, I don't have one myself. I've heard they're very cool. If you take a time machine back two, three years, think of what it was like to work at Uber two years ago and a year and a half ago, right? Two years ago before the very first uh, uh, accusations such as they were, and I say that meaning I believe, uh, I, I support, I, I believe the victims, I believe the, the people who come forward with that stuff. Before any of that stuff came out, Uber was a cool place to work, right? It was incredibly exciting. It was doing amazing things. The technology was pretty cool. It was changing the universe in that, you know, maybe I don't need a car. Maybe I can make a, many, maybe hundreds and millions of people can make a living just with their car and support themselves in a way they couldn't. This is going to change the economy. Gig economy, maybe, maybe that's real. Um, the, the people who work there are developing cool apps, and the app's kind of cool and isn't neat how it actually can configure out uh, which route to take and how long it's going to be and then it's pricing in interesting ways and oh this is super cool if you were working at uber you work in a super cool company and what did that say about you you by virtue of you know the, the transitive properties are also pretty cool so far so good fantastic but if you can't get enough of this stuff i have some news you can bring the James Ellis experience to your event or company. Just go to jamesellis.us and learn about all the kinds of custom presentations I can build and deliver for you or your team. But if it's time to get some hands-on help with your employer branding, recruiting, and hiring, either from the ground up or some strategic support, I would love to help. Just reach out to Proactive Talent or ProactiveTalent.com. That's where I work, and we can help you hire better. Cool? Cool. All right, let's get back to it. Fast forward a couple of months, someone comes out, writes a pretty heinous blog post about what it's really like to work there. A lot of confirmation happening, validation of that statement happening. A lot of other people coming forward and say, oh yeah, this culture is insane. It's toxic. It's horrible. Your CEO comes out and starts screaming at one of the taxi drivers. Things are a little different. If you were an Uberer, a person working at Uber at that time, how did you see yourself? You were no longer the cool kid working at the cool company. You're a dude, bo dude bro programmer asshole. You were a douchebag con extraordinaire. At least that's how you, it's very easy to see yourself. You were a victim. Everybody hated you because you were one of them, right? That's a horrible way to be. But the employer brand had a deep impact on the employees. It in, in, impacted how they saw themselves. If, the company is, if your company is, is having problems or failing, or having very big issues. You're right, it's, you have a morale problem, and it's not a morale problem that employer brand fixes, but if you can say, here's a strategy, here's the direction, here's who we are as a people, here's who we are as a tribe, here's who we are as a company, and this is the, yes, we're taking our lumps, but at the end of this process, we get to do X and Y and Z, and we get to, the success is over there, we just have to figure out how to get from here to there. We're the kind of people who put our heads down, Get the work done. Don't worry about the glory just yet because this is not the time to happen. We're not going to sweat the small stuff like a stock price or, or, or what fast company's saying about us or what have you uh, or TechCrunch or what have you. It, it, we're not worried about that. We're the kind of people who don't care about that stuff. We're here to get a job done, and we care about getting that job done. And if we get that job done, the other things will fix themselves. In a lot of ways, employer brand is kind of that self-image. And if we don't foster and support and strengthen and solidify that self-image, it's very easy to fall off the tracks, he says, speaking as a guy who's been to therapy to talk a bit about self-image now and then. If you don't really know who you are and the shit hits the fan, 
you just react and you're 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 an animal, right? You're just kind of moving from place to place, or you're doing a thing, or you're fixing a thing, or putting out that fire, and you don't have a sense of purpose. You're not you're just a you're just a cog in a machine. You're just reacting. But if you know who you are and why you do what you do, and when the shit hits the fan, you go, okay, we knew this was coming, or okay, we know how to handle this, or okay, this isn't that big a deal. This is something that happens, and we know how to figure this out. It's a whole different process. The company in the first part that is filled with people who don't know who they are or why they do what they do and are just reacting, that's not a company whose stock you support. That's a company whose stock you short. You go, yeah, you're not, you're not long for this, this world. You're not, this is not going to work out. You're not going to survive the big bad world for very long. But there are plenty of companies who have survived downturns. Plenty of companies who said, you know what, this is who we are, this is what we're all at. Sometimes it took a symbolic act by leadership or by the company to say, okay, this is what we're all about and this is what we care about. You know, you're thinking about, was it Ford in the 80s or 90s and they took a bailout, but then Lee Iacocca said, I'm only going to you know, charge you or you know, take a salary of $1 for a couple years till we fix this stuff. That was a symbolic act. The man made so much money in stock and, and bonuses. He was fine. He wasn't going to go hungry. His children were not worried. The taking a salary of a dollar is a symbolic act, but what it said was, this is what we stand for. We believe in this company. I believe in this company. I'm willing to make some sacrifices for it, and we know where we're going and where we're heading, and this is how we're going to get there. And yeah, the company at the time was failing. And yeah, they took a bailout. Coughing. <coughs> yes, they took a bailout. And yes, they, they, they took their lumps, and, they, and afterwards they succeeded. They grew. They found a way to turn it around because they knew who they were and they knew what they were all about. There's a lot of other factors. I'm not going to tell you that an employer brand saved Ford. I'm not going to be insane, not stupid. I mean, maybe I'm a little insane. Maybe I'm kind of stupid sometimes, but not about this. I'm not delusional in thinking employer brand is the magic secret sauce fairy pixie dust that you sprinkle on companies that are failing and say they're better. And trust me, I know from whence I speak. Trust me. (laughs) Let that be enough for you. it's not a magic fairy pixie dust. However, if you know why you do things, if you have the, let's go back to, I swear to God, every time anybody in my position says why and we have to invoke the whole almighty Simon Sinek to say, oh yeah, you know, like start with why, because it's true, it's foundational stuff, you do have to start with why, because if you have a good why, you can get through the hard stuff. Why do you go to the gym? Because I like lifting heavy things and I like it that it makes me feel bad when I'm there and sweating and feeling weak and, and feeling like I'm never gonna be strong enough or I'm not growing enough, no. Your why of going to the gym is, at the end of this process, I feel better. I look better. I am stronger. I am more capable. Whatever that thing is, I'm the kind of person who doesn't quit. I'm the kind of person who likes a challenge. How do you see yourself in that moment defines how you see yourself when things aren't tough. And when things get tougher, you you can really see who you are. So your employer brand helps your employees understand why they do what they do. Without that, they do react. They do kind of jump around. They are kind of at a loss for direction or strategy or, or a viewpoint or alignment or values even. Your employer brand can help focus that. Your employer brand, because it is not this thing out in the world that's completely siloed up, it is a part of your company, it is a part of your brand, it is a part of your values, it is a part of your leadership. It is, it's all intertwined. Have we not talked about that? I'm pretty sure. I feel like we talked about that. Maybe I should talk about that next week. Because it's all intertwined, your employer brand connects and creates alignment that a marketing campaign, in a way that a marketing campaign can't. Sorry, let me say that again because I stuttered. Your employer brand can create alignment of all your employees in a way that a marketing campaign can't. Your, Your marketing campaign may have a celebrity spokesperson. It may have an amazing tagline. It may have a cool product. 
and maybe people feel good, but what does it say about your employees? What does your what does it engender and allow your employees to feel about themselves? And that's where an employer brand, the thing we don't talk about because it's fuzzy bunny and scary and, and kumbaya-ish, even though it's incredibly important. And no, there's no ROI on making your employees feel good. And just none, right? <laughs> Isn't that what the 70s, 70s and 80s taught? It's like, oh, wow, we treat them like not dirt. They're better workers, but I don't know how to measure that. How much of treating them better is good? Where is we draw that line? Um, but, that, but if they have a sense of purpose, if they have a sense of direction, if they have a sense of self, both of the individual and of the team and of the company, and that's what employer brand is, it's amazing what they can survive, and it's amazing how much work they can do when the chips are down, how much they can move the needle when things look lost. And that's a real hidden power of an employer brand we never seem to talk about, and I wish we would because I think it's important. I do think we touch on it sometimes. We talk about how you know, a good employer brand as an ancillary byproduct, as a knock-on effect, it does support retention. It's because it does do those, those things, but I think we need to dive into that more. I think we need to really kind of get beyond that surface of if this, then this. Good, check, done, next. Well, why? How? How do you do it right? If I'm building an employer brand on the backs of a series of videos, is that also engendering retention? If I'm building an employer brand on the backs of social media, is it also supporting retention? If I'm building employer brand as a, as a subtle concept of why, and you can express that via video and social and whiteboard notes and, and, and little doodads and, and swag giveaways on places, does that support? Maybe yes, maybe no, but we don't know. We just say a good employer brand supports retention. Yay. Eat your vegetables. <laughs> right? We need to get deeper into that because it does have an incredible impact on how employees see themselves at their work, at their job, and all that good stuff. All right, short episode. Um, but like I said, the marathon's happening, and it's really weird here. So I'm going to head out. Uh, thanks so much for listening. And uh, I'll, oh, 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 forgot. Last cool thing. Um, apparently, I'm on Spotify now. So n- this doesn't make me special. It makes the podcast special. Not even that because now Spotify is opening up Spotify to all podcasts. So if you want to encourage someone to listen to this podcast and you're like, you know what? Sharing a podcast on an iPhone is sometimes kind of a bit of a pain. I get you. I hear you. Just throw them on Spotify. Just type in the talent cast and boom, there I am. I can't believe it either. I do it on a, you know, about two, twice an hour now just to kind of prove it to myself that it's real because I can't believe it. Anyway, uh, it's a great way to share it. I'm, I'm, I'm super pumped. Uh, so there you go. Talk to you later. I'll talk to you next week and uh, see ya. Bye. Well, the music means you've made it to the end of another episode of the talent cast. If this was useful to you, do not keep it a secret. Share it with your team. Share it with your boss. Share it with your networks. I don't know. Share it with your mom. Uh, if you have questions you'd like me to answer on a future show or just, you know, general ideas about how to make this thing better, just ping me on Twitter. You know, I'm at the War for Talent. At the War for Talent. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.